When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Adulting Well listeners. This is Pepper, a.k.a. Joshua, a.k.a. Pepper, here to tell you about Anchor. So we used to host our podcast on another service, and we had this show for maybe three or four years at this point. And we got some metrics and things, but we didn't have a lot to do with them. And we recently switched over to Anchor, and what's amazing about it is it has all the metrics for the show, so you can see you know, how many downloads you get and things like that. But it it also lets you engage with the audience uh, in ways that our old service couldn't. So for instance, we can have polls, we can ask listeners to uh, leave us messages and questions and things like that. And we can uh, put them on the air super easily and answer those questions. Just, uh, that's just one example, but there are just a lot of different ways that we can um, engage with you now that we're using Anchor. So uh this is our first ad, and it's for this service that we're using to provide this podcast to you. And I think it's uh, actually a really, really good service. Um, and if you have a podcast, I recommend it. You can download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Uh, thanks for uh, pausing with me for a second. Now back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well podcast. I am your host. Oh my god! I am your co-host Josh, and we are joined, as always, by your co-host Kevin. And uh, tonight we are talking to Adam Fowler, and most of you would probably know him as the drummer for Jawbreaker, but he's also played in a bunch of other bands. Owned a business in San Francisco for what twenty years, Adam? Yeah, more than that. Yeah, L- lived here basically forever. Um, and uh, and has done a lot of other really really cool stuff, uh, including maintains sort of the things like Jawbreaker Day and other fun stuff for the band. So, welcome, welcome! I'm super glad you're here. It's we've been trying for the uh, trifecta for for a couple of years now, and here we are. I know. Finally, <laughs> I don't know. What so, hey, I, I love either. that. Just like this time, I was like, not gonna. Not going to put my foot in my mouth with the jawbreaker, dude. Not this time. And Wait, then did right you, out of the did gate, you put your foot in your right mouth last time? Oh, yeah. I just was a nervous wreck with Blake. Uh, he's got those cold shark eyes that just look through you, you know? Sure. <laughs> That's right. We did that live. Like, he was in the yeah. the actual, yeah, like, yeah. the old studio situation before we... What, uh, do, you want to, uh, do you want to make any amends right now? Or do you want to, uh, do you want to fix anything in post right now? We could do it. I think I'm just going to be the I cool. Be a, I'll just do it through me. I could, I could get him on the blower right now. I could, I could text him. I was a different guy back then. That was a, yeah. that was a, that was a different well, time. BC, it was before COVID back in. Before uh, COVID. Now I yeah, can well, handle him. Now I just, now I just make him cry. I was just, I would just get in his head and really, really do it. <laughs> so, so Adam, we, um, well, we've known each other for quite a while, but, I, I'm, sure. I'm curious. I don't think I've ever asked you, how did you get involved in playing drums? Um, 
I was the first, um, my first instrument was bass guitar. Actually, I got a bass guitar in the fifth or sixth grade. Why? Um, just just a present or something? I wanted, there was one for sale at this little um, music shop on Santa Monica Boulevard, um, right across the street from Nana and next to like Muskrat. Um, mm-hmm. And no, excuse me. No, it was on, it was on Santa Monica Boulevard. So it wasn't across from, it wasn't across from Nana on that, but it was, um, it was right in that neighborhood, right downtown mm-hmm. near the pier. And um, I was like, I was really into the Beatles um, and I just thought it would be cool to, to play music. So, you know, I saw bass guitar. It was a kind of a, like a Fender knockoff sunburst P bass looking oh, thing. Nice. And I got it and um, I started playing mucking around with it and um, it got, our house got robbed. And it, oh, so, no. so it was stolen. Um and a couple of years went by and I just decided I probably kind of angsted my way into wanting to play the drums just to, you know, sort of shake my, my sillies out and right. uh, just, you know, just f- flex. And on did you know thing. kids? I was like a very physical kid. And I was, right. I was hyper, I was what they used to call hyperactive. So it, it kind of made sense. I should play drums. So I, I asked for a drum set when I was, I was maybe like 12, I was probably in sixth grade when I had the bass and then we got ripped off. And then I was probably like, it was probably the next year, the year after that, that I got a set of drums, a piece of shit, CB 700, Red Spark. Were your parents musicians or did, were you have friends that played, that played music or something? Um, my, Where'd it come from? I don't know. I My parents didn't play. Hmm. Um, my sister didn't really, my sister might've played around a little bit. But I was, I feel like I was kind of the first one, but I, I, I had a very, you know, I grew up in a really musical household. My dad had, mm-hmm. you know, like his record collection, like inform, like definitely helped inform my taste. He, you know, he was, I was listening to David Bowie and when I was oh, wow. little, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I was like, like, he had like mothers of invention records and stuff. And oh, like, wow. So I was exposed to like everything from like Beatles and Stones and Elvis to like Miles Davis and and Frank Zappa and just weird weirder stuff that he was into as kind of like a you know he was like an avid record collector you know he was a hippie so he was what just, do you think about that drum set in the house huh oh they what were <laughs> it was, I wasn't you know it took me it took me a while to to get decent. So it was a bummer for them. It was in the, we had a, a, a one car garage that, that it was kept in. And, um, I don't even think we soundproofed it. So I used to make all kinds of racket back there. And it was funny cause we lived in this neighborhood. Um, and the guys from the, the band, the leaving trains lived in the, the same neighborhood. And, um, my mom told me that one time that one of those brothers came walking by and said to her, yeah, he's getting, he's, he's getting there. He's, he's getting pretty good. Tell me he's at it or whatever. (laughs) That was the seal of approval for sure. Totally. What, so what was your first band then? What was the first, like Adam on drums? Um, I used to play with a kid, uh, a friend of mine who played the clarinet, 
And um, so he would just sort of go through his standards and I would just kind of try to play along. I took, I took lessons for a minute, yeah, but it didn't really last. And I wasn't, I just, you know, it was, it was intuitive for me. I didn't, um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a virtuoso obviously, but I, I just didn't, mm. I don't know, maybe I just didn't want to work hard at it and learn all the jazz chops and all that. But I immediately started playing with people. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's the best school anyway, personally. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I recommend it to people um, that have like kids that are, are thinking about it. Like it's always fun to play with people and just to have something to do, you know, play with your friends. But I can't yeah. remember my first band was probably the, I mean, the first real band was probably with Blake in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. So you guys went to a, like a, a pretty creative kind of hippie slash new age high school that was all about sure. art. Well, it was, I mean, at the time it was very, it was a pretty progressive uh, liberal arts um, school. We went to Crossroads in Santa Monica and there was a lot of, um, you know, it was definitely, it was pretty loosey goosey, but also yeah. like incredibly, um, artistic and, you know, they had a great music program and they had, you know, like Charlie Hayden was, you know, teaching jazz there and they had, they had an amazing, uh, symphony and as well as like an athletics department too. That's what I was, that's how I got to go there is cause I played baseball. So, Oh, nice. Um, you played nice. baseball in high school. Yeah. Oh, he nice. still plays baseball actually. Oh, really? I, do. I still play baseball. Yeah. This is my, this is my, my, uh, my mission baseball club hat. Yep. So they, they, in fact, the good, good, uh, kind of some good vibe story here at, at the team goes in and, or at least some of the, the team members go in and play the guys in San Quentin when that's yeah. allowed. <clears throat> and, um, I think yeah, you once told me right now. it's not, right yeah. <laughs> but I think you once told me it was like the, the biggest honor to lose to those guys. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they're all like a bunch of them are like serious athletes and oh man, I, yeah they're they're uh, they had like a college pitcher and they could they could hit yeah. and so uh, yeah the, I think they like my club because we're not from an organized league like the guys I play with are just dudes in bands and yeah. and they're like bartenders and just like people from around and it, and it's a really it's kind of a takes all kind. Uh, takes all kinds pickup game. You know, we just mm-hmm. meet on Sundays somewhere and we just play. We just like, you just wander out to your position. You play ball. We have women to play with us. And just like, it's definitely a, a low key thing. So when we go into San Quentin, even though we have like uniforms and stuff, I think they, I think they get a kick out of us. Cause they know we're not like bros that are, you know, <laughs> you're not like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're not like the serious wood bat league where you're trying to like, you know, win the trophy every year. I mean, we're, we're, we're a very competent team. Like the people that I play with can play ball. So nice. it's, but it's just, it's just, uh, competitive enough. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, like the guys are smoking dope and drinking beer in the, in the dugouts, but they can play <laughs> yeah. and they can throw hard. And, uh, but it just doesn't have that vibe of like, like a, you know, like an organized softball league is like one of the most competitive bunch of people you'll ever see. Crazy. 
This so, is like I need to see this movie that you guys are like the scrappy <laughs> totally <laughs> upstarts, and then it would be like kind of a fun like Bad News Bears, but it's but it's forty years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ba- totally. basically the vibe. Elon Musk has a team, <laughs> and you guys have to beat him. Oh my god, that would be amazing! Yeah, Elon but, Musk. Uh, yeah, no, the second game is is cool. The San Quentin game is is rad. I haven't played it in a while because the last three years I was busy with the band, so right. I didn't feel I didn't feel like uh, confident about just kind of coming in on the fly every, you know, av- after not playing for fucking you know mm-hmm. eight weeks or something and just like going in there and and going hitting serious yeah. pitching so yeah and i just missed a, i just missed a bunch because i was out of town too so right well but you got to do some baseball stuff on the road last year because i oh, remember yeah. seeing a video of you and brian uh on the field at, at uh at one of the greatest ballparks and the most storied which ones of all time I'm going to let him tell the story. I'm not going to, I'm not going to run. We went to Fenway park in, in 1996 on our last tour. Um, our A&R man at Geffen, Mark Cates, who is Mark Cates is like, he's one of those guys just knows everybody. Like he Mm -hmm. was the guy that got mission of Burma back together. He, he was the president of the beastie boys record label. He was the guy that signed, you know, Elastica and Sonic youth. And like he, he, uh, we were we were playing right across the street from Fenway, and I and I said to him like, "Do you know anybody that that works over there? Do you think we could get in, just take a look?" Because they weren't playing. I don't even think it was baseball season. And he goes, he was like, "Yeah, I think, I think I have the guy's number that uh, that does like the the music stuff there, that does like the walk on music and what, whatnot." So he he just texted, he called the guy up, and and it just happened. So we got to go in and we got uh-huh. to get look at the clubhouse and walk around on the field. And it was amazing. amazing. I, I put it up on our YouTube page. There's like, it's called, it's called, uh, it says like jawbreaker live at Fenway park or something. <laughs> sort of trick people into going and checking out, but it's us like a nerding out at the green monster and just pretending like we're, you know, Carl Yastrzemski or whatever. Um, then, uh, then a couple of years ago when we went back out on tour, of course we were hanging out with Mark again cause he lives in Boston and we got the hookup again. And this time we had our gloves and a ball. And so me and Brian, my uh, drum tech got to, got to throw it around on the field. <laughs> it was uh, pretty that's amazing. so cool. That was, like a, that was like a bigger, that like got more, uh, reaction from the guys in my baseball team than like us playing at riot fest you know <laughs> so okay. i Whatever. mean you know you you've probably told the stories a million times but you guys i mean you had a a good run when you were first together and then had a very 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 long layoff uh-huh. um, and there was five of us probably that knew at some point you guys were going to do this again, even though you all kept telling us we're not going to do this again. In fact, I, I wanted to actually like talk a little bit about the documentary too, because it's such a, it's, it was the fact that it came out like 10 years after the end of the filming is pretty amazing. And that, yeah. um, you know, there's some really awkward moments in there and like clearly like unfinished business, you know, like some of the stuff with Blake and Chris is very, some of awkward. that was a little bit of that was, uh, Editorial, I thought. Well, yeah. no, no, not at all. It just sort of manipulated, maybe. 
or just yeah. maybe just kind of squeezed, juiced. Yeah. Juiced Do you for, feel like uh, that that uh, that scene, which was kind of the cornerstone of the whole film, I felt like. Yes. I feel like personally, and I and I did like it, but I feel personally that would have been a great second act closer, like a good Empire Strikes Back. So you had your New Hope, you got, and then you, that's the Empire Strikes Back, and then there was a, needed a third thing, you know. And well, they that, did add the Riot Fest thing, but well, that they wasn't did. enough. They were, pushing, they were pushing for that. Uh, the filmmakers Tim and and Keith wanted, I think, they wanted us to add, you know put a little more of that in there, like our our the sort of like triumphant. What a return, right? Right. But we kind of we kind of wanted to downplay it a little bit because, um, I, you know, I think Blake said it's a very it's a really telling film. It's it definitely shows mm. what it's like to be in a band. I think is what he said, and I I, I totally mm. agree with that. And even though, yeah, yeah. um, you know, they weren't they weren't trying to manipulate. I I think they were very cool about not trying to uh, sort of craft a. a a narrative, you know, I was, right. I was really, I was really hesitant about even getting into the, the project with them. But I was like, if you could just promise me, you don't do the thing where it's this, I, I say it in a film, um, where hmm. it's a sort of paint by numbers thing. I was, I was like, I want this to be celebratory. I know that most of the people that are going to see this are like fans of the band. Um, I knew we weren't going to Sundance or something like that. You know what I mean? So, um, and they were really cool about that. But when I finally saw what they came up with, they definitely kind of squeezed it for some of that conflict that was very real. I mean, there was for sure. Obviously. Some, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely real. Um, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of joy in, even in that, uh, that day of shooting in, in the studio. Oh, yeah. that day wasn't just all awkward all the time is what you're no. saying. No, well, you guys, okay. you guys played some tunes and right. I mean, but even that was not. <laughs> yeah. Well, they cut. Felt... I mean, they cut that out of the film. That wasn't actually the actual playing mm. part of it. wasn't there. So it was a little um, bit. There's a little bit. There's of a it. little bit a little of bit. Uh, uh, condition Oakland in there. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. We were just trying. Yeah. Good we memory, were just trying it. I was hoping. I was hoping. I, I didn't try to manipulate. Well, maybe I did. Uh, I was kind of <laughs> hoping that, we, that being in the studio would make us. Get, do that thing that, that that we do um and i was stoked when it happened but i think that yeah blake was definitely hesitant about it but we were all like you know who knows yeah. what's going on with us in the, those are just like three different people completely than the yeah, people sure. that we are now that's 10 years ago no more than 10 uh, years ago i think right yeah yeah um and everyone has different thoughts about everything that we've done since. So right. it's, it's definitely a snapshot that, yep. uh, that film. Well, my, I, my, I, wife, uh, my wife doesn't know you guys very well. And that came out around the same time as that Gilman film. Well, so what are you, great. What are you all doing together? <laughs> <laughs> well, now she's seen you guys, but uh, it was great introduction for her. Like, I felt like it was a really good way to go. Like, here's what Jawbreaker is. Uh, <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, it definitely is a good introduction. I think um, I'd like to like kind of to talk about the projects that you worked on when you guys weren't playing together because you were in some really great bands. Thanks. Um, you know, and you got to play with Lance, obviously, Lance Hahn, who I, you know, 
I cannot the great not mention this. Yeah, the great I, I, feel like I, I feel like I was kind of an honorary member of J Church, really. I mean, I'm, I play yeah. on plenty of the, the records. I, like, I right. keep finding records that I was on that I, I kind of forgot about. He was so prolific, and we recorded so much that, yeah, um, yeah super proud of being in, in that band, for sure. And and you were running the video store during that same time period. Yeah, and yeah, raising a couple of kids, too. Raising a couple of children. Mm-hmm. Living in the mission. Yep. Or in outer mission. Out there. Way out there. Well, I was in. We were in the mission, and then we moved. When Stella was born, we moved up to Bernal right. Heights, but right off, right off a of mission. I mean, we might as well yep. be because we're in yep. like, like. So what? I mean, what was it like after being? Because I mean, it, towards the end, you guys were playing huge shows too. I mean, you opened for Nirvana. You know, there was a lot going on um, with the band, um, uh-huh. and then you signed to to Geffen and put out a record that didn't get the appreciation that it should have when it first came out because people were bitter, like some of my former bandmates and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but you, you went from that to kind of going back to like your roots and playing in, in punk bands, doing stuff with Lance, like, you know, and a bunch of, and a, actually a fair amount of other stuff. I know you did some, some backup work for your sister at one point and you know, there was just oh, a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. It was in, I, I, like right when Mimi was being born, I played in a band with, um, a band called songs for Emma with, uh, Tommy strange from straw man. Yeah. Um, I was in Straw Man before that. I was playing in the Moons with Scott Bradley, um, Benicia Band. Nice. Um, I was playing Benicia. with my sister. My sister. I got to play uh, the Deitch, uh the Deitch Gallery, like fa- like a parade with my sister. We got to play at Deitch Gallery. Um, That's amazing. Was it I, nice to play different? Did with different people and different kinds of music after being in Jawbreaker for so long? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, like when we got back to get when the band got back together, people would ask me like, "Oh, it's so you know, what's it like to be back playing music?" <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, there's like." <laughs> There's plenty of there were I played I, I never stopped playing. Yeah. I think go, go, go to Discogs, pal. <laughs> well, I mean, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm the man because like there's plenty of you know I never got phone calls to go sit in with like big bands or do big, you know, session work or anything like that. Like, to, and I tried actually, but um, you know, like playing music for me is just something that I'll. I'll you know, I've always done, I'll likely always do regardless of like the returns or whatever, you know what I mean? So right. I was as, you know, as proud as I was of Jawbreaker coming back and doing, making such a big splash. I was just as stoked that, or just as proud of myself that I, that I played for to, you know, that we couldn't, in bands that couldn't sell out a telephone booth and, the, mm-hmm. and you know, no one heard of. So, um, yeah, I played in. I just kept, yeah, I just kept on playing. I was I did Why Saw Lane with Richard from Verses and yeah, like uh, California. Yeah, I, have, I have like a list of like thirty bands that I that I've played with. Um, yeah, but 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 none of them are you know. I mean, obviously Jawbreaker as a founding member and and that's that's my main that's my main thing. And did and you it, feel a need to take a break at all? Huh? After did you feel a need to take a break at all after Jawbreaker? I'm sure I did, but um, 
No, no, maybe I didn't. I think the longest I didn't play drums was maybe nine months yeah. or a year. Wow. Maybe after I had my second so- shoulder surgery, I um, I just couldn't play. Mm. So mm. I was like, you know, what do you do? You could buy a first baseman's mitt because you don't have to throw, and then and just and just get ready to to come back to it. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm I feel like I'll always. You know, I, I, I'll always be playing. Yeah, for sure. And, I'll, and so, you know, I'm, and I'm, proud, I'm proud of those records that I made that that hardly I, anyone heard. You know, I, I love I love the California record. I think it's fucking brilliant. The California love, record that I did with Jason White and Dustin yeah. Clark is like a great record. I totally it's a great record. I wish more people would have heard it, but um, yep. and you guys pull you guys played it well live too. We played a show with you a few years back and it was, it was awesome, man. It was just a really good band. Yeah, Those guys are killer yeah. musicians. Was that, was that Hemlock? Where was that? No, we played over at uh one, two, three, four go with, uh, right. with the dudes from, um, that did that jaw, the jawbreaker jaw, the jaw cover. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. So we, did, reggae, we, did, uh, yeah, we played with, but we played with great apes and it was great apes in California. And we played at one, two, three, four go. And it was just like, it was such a chill, fun night. Like, bunch of people showed up because that place is really small. So it seems yeah. full, you know, but it was one of those nights where it was like a, a lot of old sort of East Bay. Like I think Ben Sizemore was there. Billy Joe was there. There was yeah. a bunch of just people just hanging out and it was really, it was just like a super fun night. Um, totally. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, really uh, let us practice at his place once. And when we, uh, we didn't have a bass player for a second cause Dustin had moved up to Portland and Billy sat in with us. That was a, that's a great uh, that was that is a great band like I I kind of there, there's like there's a handful of songs that we haven't recorded that that I that I would love to to put down, um, but you know Jason he's in he's in Green Day so he's he's right. he's busier than than I than me. <laughs> <laughs> so so what was that because you know I know you know you guys obviously you got back together what was the impetus like what happened that made that finally possible because you know people have been clamoring for it for years and you guys certainly built a bigger following broken up than you had when you were a band i mean and that's right. that that says a lot about the songwriting it's that's with it's withstood this test of time both lyrically and musically what was the impetus i think uh well we've been asked we've been asked a bunch like yep. we've been asked over the years like right after we broke up people were trying to get us back together even our, well, our now manager was like, would call me every year <laughs> and be like, dude, you got to do this. Um, and, you know, big festivals would ask us to, to come play and offer us crazy money. And, and um, you know, I was, I was raising up my girls and, and Blake was doing another band and trying to, you know, make his mark with, with those guys in jets or, um, or then later thorns of life and forgetters. So, and Chris was doing a couple of bands and he, he had moved and it just never, it was never appealing to anybody. Um, it was never like whatever, enough money or whatever, nothing was lining up. Um, right. We were totally against it, though. Towards the end, obviously, we started 
kind of secretly getting together and, and, and practicing or, or just, you know, monkeying around in the, in the studio. Like we did that in God, I want to say shit. My I can't remember the timeline, but years, years before riot fest, Chris and I had gone to New York and, and played with, with Blake. Um, so we were just kind of waiting. We were just kind of biding our time and waiting for the right thing to happen. And maybe what, maybe what ultimately made it happen was like to go back to what you were saying earlier about, uh, like we were at, I, I really believe that we were at like kind of the three of us were at like an all is lost moment. Um, mm-hmm. when that, when that, when a very real opportunity came at us and we were like, maybe this could dig us out of whatever trouble we were in at the time. And it really, mm-hmm. um, and it, and that, and it worked. So, you know, we had plenty of time to prepare and it kind of whatever lick our wounds and is that what you say? Lick our wounds. Do you lick the wound? I think so. Yeah. I think you lick the wounds and, and then get kind of get, get, get strong and get back at it. Um, so that, so the reunion came at, at like, it could not have come at a better time. It was like, it was, <laughs> it was like, that's a whole, that's actually a whole other documentary that, 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 mm-hmm. that would be worth, yeah. shooting or, or it would be worth telling, it would be worth telling that story. I can't remember. I, I listened to both Chris's and Blake's right. interviews on here. And, um, I don't know how, well, how detailed they got. And I, I would never think to speak for them, but, but, um, but yeah, it would, it's, it's like, it was harrow it was harrowing. And then, uh, so it couldn't, it couldn't have come at a better time. Well, I mean, they were, I mean, they got, you heard the interviews. I mean, they were super honest. I mean, they, they were talking about what was going on in their lives. You, you and I had a very different dynamic. So I, I mean, like I, it's, it's different to see, especially after all those years, like I think we went and saw thorns when they played at Gilman um, years ago and Blake was in a very different space in his life. Right. Um, and then to see you guys, you know, when, when they came out and you were getting ready for the shows and we were talking about merch and other things, they were clearly, both of them were in a totally different headspace. I mean, it was like night and day from the last time I'd seen either one of them. And, you know, it's a little different when you hang out with somebody, you see them all the time, you don't see the the subtle changes. So it's, it's much more drastic when all of a sudden they're there, you know, and I was like, holy shit, these guys are like, they've completely, they're totally different people, you know? And I'm sure in some ways they're not. And, but also you chip probably changed a lot over the, 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 the years, but it was different because we're in the same town doing business together, hanging right. out, you know? Right. So it just was a little, it was, it was almost like shocking to just see the change in, you know, and especially Blake, quite honestly, I mean, he just was very different and much more kind of present and obviously wanting to, to be a healthier person, you know? So that was, that was also really cool to see. And I, you know, so what, I mean, honestly, what was it like to be in front of whatever it was, 50,000 people at Riot Fest, you know, after playing just two small shows? I don't, I, don't, I know it wasn't that many people, but it was more people than what I'd ever seen. Um, hey, you hear the dog? Yeah. Um, 
what was that like? It was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was as if, uh, it, if it was, it was as if I wasn't there. It was as if it happened to somebody else kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as soon as we started playing, everything kind of like muscle memory all kind of kicked in and it was fine. I'm sure I played everything too fast, but, um, but yeah, it was as if I was watching it and I kind of was just sort of watching it happen because just off to the left of me, I was just looking at my kids. Yeah. Which is looking, actually- watching me <laughs> and looking at like Blake's father and mother and, and uh, my sister and uh, my, sister. my ex-wife. And I mean, it was like yeah. everyone was, everyone was like right there in my corner and it was, uh, it was like a, it was like a movie. It was like, um, it was like Rocky or something, you know. Yeah, well, especially your girls. Like, so they and I shouldn't say girls because they're they're both young women or women. Um, they had never seen you play in Jawbreaker before. Yeah, that's right. They had seen me play. Like Mimi had seen me in Jay Church. She was mm-hmm. at that show with Avail and Propagandi and. Um, Crazy. She'd seen me play down at the giant at Giant Robot in J Church, and she'd yeah. seen Why Saul Lane. They, they both had seen Why Saul Lane, I'm sure. Um, so they they knew that, you know, they knew what I did, but they had never right. seen me with my, you know, with my guys, you know, right? Like, and I, mean, I can imagine it. Honestly, they didn't really know about the the group. Like they right. they didn't listen to the the, the music until later yeah um and then i think that after seeing us they were like oh they're pretty good live maybe i should check out <laughs> well I, I remember being with you at lunch one time and i think uh lydia texted you and said guess what your daughter's listening to in her room right now <laughs> yeah right so. she would have never admitted it but <laughs> busted busted to the old caught. group caught well, and I know my daughter has enjoyed hanging out with them at the shows too. They've been super kind to her. So it's been, it was really, it was kind of cool. It was, it was cool to see it be such a family affair for you guys too. I gotta, I gotta say like, yeah. felt like everybody just kind of showed up, man. Your brother was there. Like your sister was there. She played. Yeah. Abby was there too. That's right. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. our friends, like our, you know, Anthony was there, like everyone. Um, yeah. It was, it was incredible. It was like, uh, I was, I, I felt like I was high for about a month after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of couldn't feel my feet hitting the ground, but it was yeah. funny because I got off the plane and like it took a cab to, to pick up my car that I'd parked in Holly park mm-hmm. and like the, and, it, and like the battery was dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like, I had this like, thing, like yes, amazing. Total great, you know, a homecoming. I draw, yeah. you know, I Call drop off, I drop off Stella at, at the house, and and like then it's like, wah, 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 and you know, I, call, <laughs> I had to call Sean Biggs and have him come and, and give me a jump. Oh man! But I know, but I was like, I felt yeah, I was like, I was high from for 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 weeks after that. It was insane. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the I think we've talked about this. My my wife was like, do the day you guys played that Ivy room show mm-hmm. with our, with our son. So that's, you know, he just turned three. So what's that three and a half years ago now? Yeah. Um, or three and whatever, a couple of weeks. And, um, she never, cause she knew, I mean, she'd like been in the, 
shop while I'd been printing shirts in the evenings. And she never said a word to me about like being a, a fan ish or whatever, you know, like just never really brought it up. I mean, I knew she knew the music. I knew she liked the music, but she, she didn't fully get in. And I looked over at her during that show and she was mouthing the lyrics to every song. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit. She knows the lyrics better than I were do. Magical man. Those yeah. shows were so magical. And just, you know, I just, it's so interesting that she never really got like, you know, fanned out. I mean, she went on dog walks with us and stuff. She never said a word, you know, I had no idea. <laughs> she never went on. No, ever. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it was, but it was a really, I, you know, someone I that got, I thought I was like a nuisance to her. I thought she hated me. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we going to Adams to drop shirts off again? Yeah. <laughs> again, drop off 144 canvas volunteers. Yeah. But, um, you know, being sort of like, Does an outsider, are, are we supposed to be like, should people know like the, what, like that we work together? Well, yeah. Is there a conflict of interest here? I don't know, man. You, I mean, you posted a photo. Are we going to get some in fucking podcast jail for? Uh, <laughs> no, we do whatever we want. We don't care. Right. Watch, you know, we're never that, selling out. Now we're selling so out. Funny. So, we so you know, in talking about Merchland, so this this guy puts up a skateboard today on the Jawbreakers merch site, and it sells out in twenty minutes, and. You know, I know people are pissed, man. I gotta, we gotta make more of those. Yeah, that was a, that was pretty amazing though. And, um, but you know, I, I actually kind of, after you posted the photo and cause even when that photo was taken, I think that was right before you guys got back together of me taping up that screen. So we would have merch months with you, with you guys that were like, you know, we sold like eight shirts, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Oh shit. You know, well, here, here's your check for a hundred dollars. Sorry, dude. You know, and, and it's just like, it's so amazing to see what's happening even now. I mean, no, no playing live, but you know, you put something new up and people go ape shit and it's, you know, it's really, it's actually really cool. Not only is somebody that has known you a long time, but so, you know, also, also as a, you know, from a business standpoint, it's nice to see you guys, you know, and I spent a good portion of my day chasing down bootlegs today, you know, and doing the night, the first, like I tell you, I do the nice email first, like, Hey, I'm just going to give you a little prod to take this down. Don't make me email eBay, but the, the fucking bootlegs that I see, they're just so bad. They don't even use <laughs> the proper font. No. No. Well, like remember not, the one I, I bought in LA? They're not even fucking trying. Like, I, yeah. I, and like, I'm totally down with that. When I see something on Etsy, someone makes a rad handcrafted thing. And even totally. if they're selling multiples, I'm like, that's at least they care, you know? Yep. Yeah. These other fucking places. They're terrible. I mean, the ones I bought in LA were like those pictures. They look like old metal shirts. It was like a picture of Blake with like <laughs> Jawbreaker and like the four F's coming off of him is like yeah. almost like a halo. That sounds sick. So that sounds amazing. <laughs> well, you know what? That said, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to get a little backpedaling because when we played at the Palladium, we did those three shows yeah. at the Palladium. I we all bought those bootlegs. I, up. I bought those bootlegs up. I went out. I was the first one out there, man. I, I ran out there and bought some and left them in the. Uh, in the, those were in rad. The those were, those were, <laughs> but, they were five you know. bucks. They were five bucks. I, yeah. and I, I bought one of those. I'd seen uh, the Ramones and Black Flag and the Minutemen, and I yep. bought a shirt and I put it in the wash one time, and it just it was destroyed. Uh, right. So I was I was kind of looking forward to uh, 
to that happening to the jawbreaker shirt that I got. Yeah, they, using they it definitely. as a rag to clear <laughs> dog shit. Or so um, we we've talked, you know, obviously about the getting back together. It's I can imagine that in playing music as well for me, it's hard to not be able to get in the studio right now and play. And you know, um, how are you how are you holding up with that? Are you able to to hit the drums at all, or are you just like yeah, I bought I bought uh, I bought an Alesis uh, Nitro Mesh drum kit, so nice. it's like an electronic you know pads that you can play. It has you know a kick pedal and and a hi hat pedal and stuff. I bought those and they were like like back in the day they would have been I don't know how much, but now they're I think I paid like three hundred fifty bucks for them mm-hmm. on uh, through our our guy our guy yeah. at. Um, what, what am I to, what's it called? Sweetwater. Sweetwater. Our guy Tad Schaefer. Fucking totally give Tad a, a shout out. Oh my god, that guy is genius. So he is. He, so he sent me one of those. It just like overnighted it to me, and it was super easy to to set up. And I have good, you know, I got these good ear in ear monitors that I'm using. Yep. Um, so I could play nice and loud, play along to whatever's in my my phone. But you know, nice. I don't. It's okay if I'm, you know, there's bigger fish to fry than I'm not like clamoring to go play a, you know, a, a, a whatever, a bedroom acoustic set with the guys. It's, it's all right. We can, right. we'll get, we'll get back at it in, in, in earnest later. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely trying to keep my, uh, what, what, what few chops I have, I, I'm trying to, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of in the same place. I'm like, oh. but I want to play. You have the the, the live kit at work, so yeah. you're stoked. I should be coming yes, to your yes. place to play. You should. You should. In the evenings, there's no one there. We, we'll talk and, afterwards. Yeah, we'll talk. Kevin, afterwards. did you hey, have some questions from I do. the audience? I do. I have two. Um, one uh, is from How, our are friend we good? Jesse. For time, yeah, we're totally good for time. We started late, so we're we you still can, got you like can edit this down, right? You're gonna take yeah, out absolutely. All the we can, we can, all but right. um, so Jesse, uh, an old Santa Rosa guy who you've definitely met over the years, asked where Mr. Trumwell is these days and what was the final decision an incomplete or a D? I, you know, it had to have been, I, I had to have been taking a, a D, right? Because <laughs> otherwise, I would have had to go back and and finished the course, which I for sure did not do. <laughs> that was, um, so that was an incredibly difficult class. Actually. I have a lot of respect yeah. for anyone in color cinematography. I mean, it was like a math class. It was, I had no yeah. idea what I was getting into, but it was, um, <laughs> it was intense. I was take I was at UCLA and I was taking, you know, I had like, screenwriting and, and production class. And I had, I was actually a history major, but I, I kind of minor, I minored in film basically. Right. Um, because the department was so open, they could just basically, could basically study whatever you wanted there. So I took a bunch of film courses and took just color cinematography thinking, Oh, this is going to be great. We're just going to like watch movies and, you know, like study. Like, oh, it's the Wizard of Oz. Look what happens when Dorothy opens up the door. But no, right. it was it was about it was about the the, the physics of color. It was gnarly. So yeah, didn't uh, didn't do too well. That was my worst uh, 
That was my worst grade in college. You, I don't want to give the impression that I was a, a terrible student. I was I was a pretty good student, actually. Yeah. Um, and then we had one other question from a gentleman from Brooklyn, New York. I was, okay. I was an okay student. I'm not going to. Oh, okay. Was <laughs> what was your grade point average? That's a good question. Well, by the la- I mean, in my last two years at school, like I've been to a bunch of different schools. Like I went to a, a community college in Santa Monica. I went to SMC. Right. That might have been the best experience I had at college, actually. And then I went to um, to New York University with Blake, and then I transferred yeah. to UCLA. And it took, and they didn't take any of my credits, so I had to basically start go to UCLA for four years while we did the band and I worked a job and and right. had a life. So it took me six years to get all the way out. I don't, I can't, I I couldn't tell you what my whoa what my grade point average is, but um, stay in school, kids. Yeah, just don't yeah, go. So- I wouldn't go so, to school, but I, I would stay in school. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to take night, like you know, online classes since this is all happening. It's it's hard, man. It's hard to go back to school at almost fifty years old. You know, yeah, I can't imagine. So, um, from from Blake Schwarzenbach in Brooklyn, New York, he says, "I don't know if you're taking fan questions, but ask Adam this: just what the hell do you think you're doing?" Dude, fucking stay in your lane. <laughs> See, this is the problem that he has so much access you, to me. You and the cats just fucking keep your mouth shut. You and the cats. <laughs> just con- oh, just like, but he's constantly busting my balls. Do you do you notice? Yeah. Oh, I know. We'll be playing yeah. like shows, and he'll he'll just like take time out to fucking bust me. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's a lot of years of uh, <laughs> knowing each other, Jesus. riding around in vans together. Jesus. Yep. So, hey, one one thing I wanted to touch on too. You've mentioned your girls a couple of times. Your your daughters, your the the women that you have raised, and yes. um, they're they're both incredibly. They're pretty amazing, actually. So, do you want to do a little dad bragging or? Sure. I don't know. They're so my kids are so cool that they get mad when I talk about them outside of like they don't even <laughs> like it when I, you know, when my mom yeah. needs to, you know, to catch up on what they're up to. <laughs> they're, um, well, I, you know, my eldest daughter, my elder daughter, Mimi, is has she graduated from Pratt a couple years ago and she started working in film. She got hooked up. It, like in a roundabout way through you um, and worked on uh, that show Betty on HBO. Mm-hmm. She was working as a PA in the prop. I think, I believe it was like props. Um, yep. And then she worked on another HBO show called uh, the Gilded Age. It hasn't aired yet. I don't even think they started shooting, but she was working in the costume department for them so she got right out right out of the gate out of after finishing film school she she got she got cool gigs and she's um you know she's like still editing her own film that she made as a senior she wants to send it to some festivals um but right now she's just living in new york and just being you know in covid times or whatever yeah but waiting for Betty cool. to restart their, their well, next I think she's season. Gonna, she's gonna sh- I know she's going to shoot like an independent feature that her friends are making. Um, but yeah, she's like the rest of us. She's just sort of like in a holding pattern right now. Yeah. And then my um, younger daughter, Stella, is 
she just got out of high school a couple of years ago. She took a year off and got a job at, at a hardware store. So she was working full time and then fucking COVID happens yeah. and she could have gone to, to school, but she was like, fuck that. Why spend all that money to go across the country to maybe get sent back home? Um, right. And I was stoked that she made that decision because I was like, yeah, forget about that. Like who wants to go have a half-assed college experience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just wait. So she's still working. Nice. And they're both in Stella's a writer. Um, so she's working on zines and stuff. Um, oh, great. But they're both, they're both, uh, my kids are, they're artists. Yeah. Super creative. They're, yeah. Um, I couldn't, I, I, I was, couldn't I was thrilled when I saw, um, Mimi's name on the, on the credits on Betty from, on the first episode. I was That's like, the skateboarding show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crystal. Mm hmm. It's, yeah, it's Crystal Show about the girls that skateboard in New York City. Yep. Um, so we at at home we we fro we we did the pause and we're like, ah! you know, no, was, I did the same thing. Right. So exciting. <laughs> I, I, I openly wept when I saw her name. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So I, I remember you telling me a story. Your both your girls went to um, the school of the arts, soda. Yeah. And I think you didn't you go up there and try to play drums with their band at one point? Oh no, that was uh when they were when Stella was at Aptos. Okay. Um Yeah, so Mimi yeah, Mimi played uh violin. She was Mimi was like first chair violin at Aptos. Aptos has a great music department. Right. Aptos is a middle school here in San Francisco, you guys, public school. Um and Stella uh Stella is, is amazing because she, she can play the shit out of the piano. But um, when she was a kid, when she was in whatever, sixth grade, she was just like, I want to play saxophone. So, hmm. so she Stella played saxophone in Aptos. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so one day I, I drop her off at school and I'm, I'm like, I see her music teacher and her music teacher comes over to me and, and he's like, oh, shit, you know, the our drummer couldn't make it to uh, school today. We don't have a drummer. and We're playing an assembly today at Amazing. lunch. Can you, will you sit <laughs> in? Can you sit in? And, like, I was like, and I knew they're set, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I have never, I have never been more nervous than <laughs> I played with a bunch of, like, sixth and seventh graders. At like the assembly at lunch at Aptos out on the yard, I'm fucking sitting there, and and they and their set was like they're playing like Take Five, right by Brubeck. Like they're playing yeah. like they're playing Track Twenty Nine. They're playing like jazz standards, and they're playing like. Be, I mean, it was crazy. They they played um, what's that fucking Yes song? What's the, like the famous Yes song? Oh. uh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But like, I was never, I've never been more nervous than playing with those kids. And afterwards, like, then we, like, okay, we were done. And I was sweating bullets, freaking out. Played the set, and um, and I sat down with them at lunch. Like there was, we're out on the yard, like at the tables, and like I get lunch with. Them. <laughs> 
And Stella's just, Stella's just like, fuck. Like she was like probably so bummed that I was hanging out. And um, <laughs> so I sit down and I look over at, at, at a couple of the, uh, the, the boys that are in the band and I go, uh, I go, uh, I mean, like I did, I did pretty good. Right. Like that's okay. Right. And they were like, and the kid was like, yeah, you didn't, you didn't play as loud as, as the other guy, but uh, no, it is okay. Oh. <laughs> owner, owner of a lonely heart. Was that it? That no, no, I don't it's know. Like 25 or six to four. Oh, the, the Chicago song? Chicago. Oh, yeah. shit. Sorry. My apologies to Yes and Chicago. That, that is a serious song. I hate that fucking song. I really do. <laughs> It was, it was difficult. It was so, difficult. so here you are playing in front of tens of thousands of people at Riot Fest, but the uh, the junior high, the middle oh, school no, band. That, no, that was cake. That was a cakewalk completely compared to playing <laughs> in, in Stella's uh, band. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. So, um, I like to think I pulled it off. What's that? I, I that. like to think I pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, I dread the day that my, my daughter's like plays the harp. And she's, wow. she can already bust out like Stairway to Heaven on the harp, both hands, you know? Oh, and I'm like, I'm just dreading the day that the music teacher is like, hey, do you want to sit in on drums? I'm just, I'm actually just going to be like, no. What, what do you, where the fuck do you get a harp? Like what, like what Craigslist, what the, like. She's got a one that she bought from the, there's a harp store out in Walnut Creek, man. And it's uh, it, it's serious wow. business. Harps are serious business. They're Did you turn around to like Joanna Newsom or any of that? Yeah, and I took her to see uh, – she was playing violin for a while, so I took her to see, like, The Head and the Heart and a couple other bands that had, you know, violin players as well. But I played Joanna Newsom. She doesn't love her vocals, which is fair enough. Um, <laughs> you know, I – you know, Caitlin's got, like, really intense, like, taste, and it's no – he can't – kind of can't fuck with it. It's just okay. – she likes what she likes, you know, and okay. – uh, yeah. So, you know, I've, I've actually caught her listening to your guys' records a few times. I mean, she's only seen you play like thir- what? how many times over the last few years. So <laughs> She's basically in the crew. We should probably be paying her. Yeah. She, she, and she's a ball buster, too. She came in and saw Adam wearing a Dodgers hat one night and just had a total freak out, you know. Well, she'll be happy to know that I, I purposely did not wear the Dodgers hat just Tonight. for her. <laughs> I'll tell her. So what do you, um, obviously there's no plans to be made right now um, because we don't know what's going to happen, but are you guys still, you guys, you were writing music. Are you still, are you still working on new stuff? What's the, give us the scoop. I mean, we, you know, we, we got together a couple of times and we went to, uh, we took these kind of like writing sabbaticals uh, and we did one in Memphis and riding horses or motorcycles or we <laughs> writing oh writing sorry sorry <laughs> that would have been it probably would have been more. i was picturing jawbreaker on horses like talking about didn't, music wait you didn't see them the photos from sturgis a couple weeks ago <laughs> we both i mean me and blake could ride we can definitely ride a motorcycle and my i come from horse people so like yeah. i'm definitely down for horseback riding sure um my aunt uh, worked at Hollywood Park, and anytime I wanted to, I could go to Hollywood Park and get a, a box right near the finish and, and a parking pass for, for nothing, just a phone call. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. Um, but wait, what were we talking about? Oh, oh writing. writing. So you go. 
we would get, we went to Memphis for like 10 or 12 days and, and just kind of, we just got an Airbnb and, and just kind of lived together and, and, uh, just went to the studio every day. We went to Lucero gave us their studio while they were on tour. Nice. They were just like, here are the keys. Um, that was amazing. That's uh, cool. So we just, yeah, we just kind of played around and we, I, you know, we got some stuff. We got like the skeleton, the skeleton of some songs, but we didn't, nice. um, we didn't record or anything like that. And then we did it again up in, in Olympia um, for like, again, 10 or 12 days and just, you know, just hung out and just kind of ate food together and, and, and just, just play, just play just like we used to like, nice. that's amazing. Very, real pre, like Chris had a lot of ideas. Actually, Chris came in with the majority of um, the stuff we worked on up in Olympia Um yeah, he came in with like six or seven songs or something, and they're cool, but they're not nice. like fleshed out yet. Like we we would never um, go, we wouldn't record these things until they're they're good and ready. Mm-hmm. But uh, so that's like that's how we kind of want to do it. But I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Like yeah. no one's really comfortable about getting on a plane right now. So right, I don't know when we're going to get back to it. But you know, hopefully those guys are still you know, noodling around. I'm, I'm assuming that they, that they are, maybe they are, maybe they're not. Yeah. I would um, but we're not, we're not really putting, no one's really putting the screws to us to put on a new record right now. So it's like, it'll, it'll just, it'll happen or, organically. I think. Nice. nice. Yeah, sure. Take your time. Uh, yeah. um, is there a tempo change in accident prone near the end or something? Um, yeah like a trick do you do some like thing in accident pro towards the end where the tempo changes slightly probably i mean i don't know if if i did it wasn't intentional okay okay does it it probably speeds up i'm assuming right uh no or it like skips a beat i don't know i i just i've always thought there was some trick drum trick thing going on there but the only, only thing, like, the only real trick that we, I, I, that was one of those songs, like, it's really hard to play. Um, well, I mean, for me, it's really hard to play super slow. Like, that's mm. that's when you really, I feel like I really get off. Um, so really, like, like a tempo of, like, 70 is, BPM is hard for me, just because it's like. Like a slow pitch. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Um, much rather hit a fastball. I did not mean to imply that your tempo was off on that song. I just meant it felt well, like did. there was a. Well, you did. <laughs> That's it. Gonna have you to really like Joshua would go. You really every time. Man. Their fucking podcast, and they start fucking like busting me for like my tempo changes. Like my <laughs> for me already. Like I, I don't Blake fucking hammering on me yeah blake is blake can be rough around the tempo thing we had a, we had a, we had a, we had a talk about that perfect. not about you but about some other drummers which i'm not going to mention but we are not perfect no but, but anyway when you play that slow you know when you record like you'd have a click track right mm-hmm. Do you play? uh yeah yep okay so you Joshua was singing for my band for a minute I but he has a whole he has a whole record recorded right now 
Okay. I played, I played with a click track. Yeah, it's terrible. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do uh, because you end up. I, I think you end up hearing it. So uh, maybe we would start like maybe when we recorded that. Like Rob might have given me a click track just at the fir- for the first like whatever verse, right, right. and then he probably pulled it out just so it just kind of gave me something to to sit, kind of set the meter, but something to deviate from. Because um, I, I, don't I don't play drums, but the click track we made our drummer use a click track, and I felt like he was just so less comfortable and free and. Uh, it's a drag. It's it's kind of a drag. I know that it, it works for some people great, but for me, I you know, I'm I'm not perfect, and I don't yeah. claim to be. And so, fuck you for bringing that up. I'm <laughs> this is just I I I practice to one now because if we're gonna go record, um, you know, there's there's a lot of. Uh, we, there's, you know, people. Yeah, no, I do people too. People critique I, each other, you know, in the you band. Have to, you, have to, you have to have to. You have to <laughs> with Chuck. So I'm in a band with yes, with Chuck. That'd be. That true. You need to have good as a drummer. You need to have good meter. You have to yeah. keep time. That's all you're there to do is keep time. But that's, that's um, the job. It's like you know, there's only so far. You don't want to sound like a machine. Like I, no. I remember, I remember asking Steve Albini, like, "Why don't you use a real drummer in Big Black?" And he was like, "I would never." He said, "He said I would never make someone play drums like that." Are you kidding? Mm. Like, why would I want? To, why would I want to make someone sound like a like a drum machine? Like, yeah, that's supposed to sound like a drum machine. That's supposed yeah. to sound like a this like, and you know, just um, oh Albini. Yeah, so that made that made sense to me. Um, wait, there was something else I was. Gonna, oh, ah, I don't know. No, what? I can't remember. <laughs> it was something. It was something along. We're about to play some 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 rough demos for us. I think. Yeah, it was the album title, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Leak the I, lyrics. I, don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember what the fuck I was going to say. Like I'm uh, sure I, I've never I've never clocked when, when I, I I did I did realize though when we were practicing for when we were coming back when we were doing the reunion I do remember recording on my iPhone a couple of songs of us just like boombox style in the, sure. the practice space and and being surprised when I when I tested them again like you know with a metronome against the recordings how similar that they were I was surprised by that because like certain songs they want to be a certain tempo and if they're in your dna that's just that's mm-hmm. just how it's going to be you know what i mean yeah i think i have oh, like God. i think i have three speeds it's like there's the accident for for those of you that know the band there's like the accident prone speed there's like the uh the savior generation speed and then there's like the uh you know boat speed or something right there's totally. like three, there's like three tempos. That's probably total bullshit. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like I said before, I really don't. I don't know much you about it. Here, folks, Jawbreaker three tempos. Don't yeah. I don't know much about about uh, how to play a fucking the drums. You guys sounded so good when you came back. I'm. It was amazing. Yeah. You guys sounded so solid. You sounded Thanks. better to me than uh, when you left. And when you left, you sounded pretty good. So I thought so. I thought so because everyone kept their kept playing. You know, yeah. everyone kept playing, and we didn't became uh, better musicians. I thought so. 
Yeah, yeah. Blake, Blake. I, I would agree. All, and Blake has like a whole new bunch of tricks too. Like, I don't know if, yeah. if you guys like looked at that, but like both of those guys, you know, and Chris yeah. was always like the best musician of all of us anyway. So that guy never, you know, he kept playing. He's unbelievable. Chris, he's not. Chris he's, is a, he, he's an unbelievable bass player. Like, yes, yeah. it's insane. I mean, he's, he's just gifted. so good. Yeah. He's gifted. He's totally self-taught too. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that goes back to what you were saying before. I think, you know, one one of the things that I really have appreciated in watching you play and being around the three of you guys is also the kind of the, you, you seem to have like clicked back into being close friends. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for that, at, you know, as you get older. So it's been, it's been really amazing to watch. And, you know, I'm also really happy for you guys for the success. You know, quite honestly, you deserved it and you deserved it for a long time. And I know for you, it was a different experience because you were still running the merch and doing the records and <clears throat> and all that other stuff. But it's like it's like those guys came back. You know what I mean? It's it's just been it's been kind of fucking awesome to watch. Adam. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely felt like, you know, it was kind of a blessing and a, and a curse to be left holding the bag for, for the band. But I honestly just didn't have any. I didn't have faith in anyone else doing it for me in the right way. You know what I mean? That's like, yeah. the, that's like the curse of like this DIY ethic that we were all <laughs> is it like yep. could do it as good as I can. Yeah. So I took, I took that and, um, and kind of went with it. So I feel like I never, I never really left the band, you know, cause yeah. I was working it constantly. I was doing the 20th anniversary remasters and just like, doing the merch with you and just doing all that other shit and, and looking after our social media. Yeah. yeah. You've always been there. I remember during the break, uh, you know, from MySpace to Facebook, like you were there a presence. You always had to just the jawbreaker page and, um, it was cool. It was well, cool. I mean, I someone was going to do it, you know, someone had to do it. So I figured why not me? I just, um, but you know, that's like I know a lot of drummers and bands that end up doing being like that person. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it, it kind of goes along with the gig or something. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was great. It was great to, when when we came back, and we started hanging out again, and and honestly, uh, I, I you know, a lot of the stuff I all remember years from now is probably just you know, like going to dim sum. Uh, or going to North beach together and, and just kind of walking around um, between, you know, on break from practices. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's That's been, it's been cool. It's been really great. And like, it, it, it's kind of reminding me of um, like when I'm talking to people about what they're doing, doing uh, during COVID, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people just saying like, yeah, I just kind of started reaching out to, people again that I hadn't heard from in a while and just like checking in on people. So that's been yeah. kind of, that's been kind of heartwarming in a, in a similar way, just kind of just, you know, whatever getting reacquainted with, with our, our, our nearest and dearest, you know, it's important yeah. and you realize it now more than ever. Right. 100%. 100%. So we're, we're kind of up on time, but um, right. this has been really fun and, you know, one of the things that we like to do is, is like have it be relaxed and be a conversation. It really felt that way. And I just want to tell you, you know, I know we talk all the time, but I, I really appreciate the, the extra stuff, the stories, the insight is kind of what we're all about on the show. So I like, 
thank you for coming on, Adam. We yeah, thanks for it. having me. I mean, I'm sorry it took me so long to to get my shit together. I, I I kind of vacillate between thinking I should do more of this to like you know agonizing over <laughs> not wanting to to do it at all. Oh, um, you should do more of it. Well, I don't know. It's like I, I someone at someone asked me if I wanted to do a podcast, like not do right. a podcast, but like do my own podcast. Yeah. They were like, yeah, you should do that. And I was like, ah, you think? Yeah, so I don't why know. not? Maybe. Is it a baseball podcast or a music podcast? Um, no, no. He was just like, you should just do a thing where you, you know, you know a lot of people that are interesting and just yep. call, you know, kind of interview oh, yeah. people like what you guys do. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I've been thinking about it, but, um, the only reason I'm giving it any serious thought is because I'm so fucking bored now. Yeah, uh, of course. Like, you know, I still play baseball once a week and whatever, hang out with my girlfriend and make dinner and watch fucking TV. But there's a, there's like a lot there's a lot of hours yeah. where I'm not doing anything. And it's, you, you know, do it, man. There's no stakes right now in COVID times, everybody. There's no, this is no. what he says. My, my daughter yeah. says there's no stakes. So don't worry about it. You guys are doing, yeah. you guys are doing fine. Um, <laughs> exactly. Put pressure on yourself to, you know, you don't have to write your novel, but maybe now is the time that, to take a crack at it. Right. Yeah. Why not? So and you do know a lot of people that would be really interesting interviews. Yeah, I I mean me and Blake were joking like we have we were talking the other night. Um Blake keeps really weird out. We both keep really strange hours. Like me and Blake mm-hmm. are like basically always on the same page but we're like in two different books, right? Like so right. he's up at five o'clock in the morning and calls me knowing that I'm going to be up at two o'clock West Coast time. You know? Yeah. So we were like we were joking about doing a a thing that's just like just about that the the wee the wee hours about the you know sure yeah it's amazing that time well, that time between midnight and and sun up is when basically we're both doing like you know have all cylinders firing <laughs> but so, he's just getting up and I'm just getting to bed I would listen to that that'd be great so yeah. that would be, that's our podcast right there you should do it you guys should do it you should do it do it man. Just need a name. Well, Just need a yeah. name. Huh, think on it. You guys think. I'm, I'm you telling guys. you, at some point we gotta do. We gotta do my brother's idea and do the 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 that that website where people, dear jawbreaker, they get to write notes to you guys about how the band changed their lives. Oh my god! Yeah, Carrie pitched that to me a thousand times, and I I was always like, yeah, we should do it, and I'm always so busy. And- you know what's funny about that now after this interview is realizing that Jawbreaker not only changed and helped all these people, but mm-hmm. it sounds like Jawbreaker kind of came back and saved you guys too. Yeah. Like you yourself were saved by Jawbreaker in a way. For sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it definitely gave gave us something to look forward to something to accomplish you know it was like a, it was like it set this like crazy goal that no one thought that would ever happen right. so it was like it was it was like a challenge you know but a good kind of it was good it was challenging but it was it was definitely like something like we had to we definitely had to rise to that well, challenge that yep so hey thanks for coming on we um as we do we're we're donating our patreon money over to hospitality house sf for the rest of the year which 
you know, hopefully we'll get through. We just started another month that we got to get through right now. Um, and, you know, uh, I would strongly encourage people to take a look at what they're doing because they're helping individuals that are many think unhelpable. Um, a lot of it, people with, uh, with mental health issues and addiction issues and, uh, just a wonderful organization. So if you kick us money for the podcast during this time, we will kick it over to them. Um, and cool. next week we have, uh, we have a really, really amazingly special show. So, um, we're going to have, um, the kitten lady on the show. Who? The kitten lady's coming on the show next week. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll be talking about her. Uh, she actually puts right on her site that one of her designs is Morton Salt slash Jawbreaker. That's a new, right. A new twist. So, uh, so I we'll talk to her. I think she sent us uh, t shirts. Yeah. Well, if you I if definitely, she didn't, I definitely have one. Oh, good. So, uh, so she's going to be on next week, which is great for us. Cause she's a, you know, she's a viral star on the internet. And, um, but, uh, thanks everybody for listening and, um, Joshua, anything else? I mean, a million things, but I'm not, I'm not gonna. So thanks for coming on. We could keep Adam on all night. <laughs> and, I, got nothing, I got nothing else to do. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a part two. That's, and actually, three, that's three actually not true. I'm going to go, we're going to go make dinner right now. It, I, nice. it made it sound, it made it sound like I was going like, I'm going to, what am I going to do? Just hang out with my girlfriend. No, I, I'm very lucky. <laughs> we're in this quarantine mobile together. Yes. And, uh, it's time to go. We got, we got squash happening tonight. So. I, I will vouch for that. I've had a meal at your house that, that the two of you have made. So I will, I will give the seal of approval. Yeah. All so, right. On the All show right. with Kevin name dropping and thanks for listening. everybody. <laughs>